Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. I'm your publisher, Billy Embody. A few things to cover on this edition of the pod. I know we haven't cranked one out this week just yet, but it's just kind of been one of those weeks. Um, so wanted to get this one out to you guys before the weekend hits. A uh, few things to know. This is PonyStampede.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. You can check us out at PonyStampede.com. You can subscribe to the podcast anywhere really podcasts are listened to. Leave us a rating and a review. Jumping into this week's edition, or this edition of the podcast, um, going to cover a couple things that Sonny Dykes said on this week's American Athletic Coaches Teleconference to kind of put a wrap on spring practice. Um, and then cover a couple things on the basketball side of things as, as their process kind of um, doesn't wind down but but is hitting a bit of a lull, but uh, the live evaluation period does hit uh, this weekend. Um, so for the first time, really the spring, summer, and it begins, uh, the coaching staff will get out on the trail in a live setting to see these guys play AAU basketball. So that'll be your 2020, 2021s, 2022s, type players. So these will be guys uh, really down the line that they'll be watching uh, in these live eval periods. And and that begins this weekend across the country. And so we'll be tracking the whereabouts of the SMU coaches on the trail and kind of who they saw, um, if any offers go out and things like that. So keep an eye out uh, for that as the weekend gets going. But wanted to begin with uh, the latest on Admon Gilder, who of course SMU monitoring very closely uh, the former Texas A&M guard really is wanted by just about everybody in the country at this point with, with the way he can shoot the ball from beyond the arc. Um, I dropped some notes on PonyStampede.com about him as you're listening to this. Um, but look, the thing about Admon is, is again, it comes back to, to playing you know at home in front of um, and close by his, uh, his young daughter. So uh, is that an advantage for SMU? There's a new team involved that can make things very interesting. You can read about that on PonyStampy.com. But look, I mean, uh, this is one where you know SMU just kind of has to hope they're out in front of it far enough where where they can land him. Um, you know, obviously when they when they missed on uh, on Jalen Harris, the Nevada guard who opted to not come play where uh, his parents went to college and, and stick around with the Wolfpack. That was a huge blow to SMU's plans and made Gilder all the more important. Now, granted, uh, Gilder probably would have played, you know, they, they play two different positions, really, but um, it does, like I said, make him that much more uh, important. And, um, you know, they're, they're turning up the heat. I mean, they, they still feel fairly decent about it, but... Um, you know, really, really is uh, something where, um, like I said, they've got to hope that they've they've gotten out on it ahead, uh, too far ahead enough where they can they can kind of hang on to that lead and get him to stay home and and play for SMU for his final season of, of college eligibility. It'd be a be it'd be a really big uh, big land for for SMU to get Gilder on board and um, you know get him into the mix for for his final season. So. Um, We'll continue to track Admon Gilder. Um, another name that has popped up and it's kind of been quiet is um, Stony Brook wing, kind of combo forward, uh, Akwasi Yibo, 6'6", 235. 
Jeff Goodman of the stadium reported on uh, uh, earlier this week that he's supposed to visit SMU and TCU. Marquette, Clemson, and Arkansas are already in the mix, and, and he's already visited Rutgers. So that'll be somebody to watch. He averages 16 points per game, seven rebounds per game. He led, led Stony Brook in both categories this past year. He was America East, all-conference second team. Um, you know, against, against, uh, you know, higher competition, he had 15 points, six rebounds in the season opener against Maryland, eight and six against UConn, um, 15 points at Michigan state. So he, he's got some success playing against, you know, um, just stronger competition and, and, and Stony Brook was, was pretty good basketball team this year too. They, they beat South Carolina early in the year. Um, you know, they, they really, uh, you know, for the most part played, played fairly, you know, decent, um, throughout the year. So somebody that would be a, a nice land and in really a position that probably needs upgrading in a way. Um, you know, you've got Farron Hunt, who's been playing in the front court. You've got Isaiah Mike at that, at that spot. If you add him, it just adds a, a physic, you know, a sense of physicality. He's a big body. Uh, and I think that's something SMU needs more than anything is toughness, size, all those things. Um, you know, and, and he's talented enough where he could, you know, very well start in a way. I mean, if he pushes, pushes, um, you know, pushes uh, guys like guys like guys like Isaiah Mike and others. I mean, he he could start. Who knows? Um, so, look, he's uh, that's another name to watch that has popped up now for for SMU and um, somebody that I I think would be a quality add. So Gilder and and Yibua, uh are really the two the two names right now that we're really tracking. Um, you know, big time right now on Pony Stampede on the basketball front. I'll be up in Dallas this weekend, kind of shifting gears again to that live evaluation period. I'll be up in Dallas this weekend for the first live evaluation period. Phil and I will be headed off to uh, the Great American Shootout in Duncanville, as well as the Adidas Gauntlet, um, both of which are, like I said, in Dallas. And um, so we'll be out at both of those, and and you know, hopefully we'll get a beat on on kind of what the staff is is thinking in terms of. You know, the 2020 class, it's an interesting cycle because right now there's a chance they might not have any seniors on uh, the roster next year. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how they approach recruiting that class. I think they would probably take a similar approach to um, to the to how they're uh, approaching it right now. Right. So uh, they're they're recruiting guys they are trying to fill spots that they honestly don't have. Um, and, and so they're they're trying to. Uh, to figure it out. So that's really, uh, you know, kind of where they're at. And, uh, I, I would expect they're, I gotta believe they're recruiting two to three guys for the 2020 class. When you look at the roster as it stands right at this minute, I think you've got to be recruiting for spots like William Douglas or CJ white, or even Bryce cook. You don't know his status. There still hasn't been a determination made on that. Um, Everett Ray in the front court, can, you know, can his body hold up? All those things are question marks. So I think they, they, you know, while there aren't spots right now, really for 2020, it's a cycle where, you know, they've got to be recruiting hard uh, after it. So we'll, we'll hopefully get a, more of a beat on what they're thinking, um, you know, going into uh, this weekend and then, and then going through it and all those things. Um, but that'll, um, that'll be interesting to watch. Like I said, uh, we'll be, at uh, the Adidas Gauntlet and the uh, Great American Shootout Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, gathering all sorts of intel that we can on on the staff and where they're at and what they're thinking. So 
you know, it'll be, uh, it'll be a fun weekend. I, I love this stuff. I'm actually just getting ready to, you know, book my flights and everything for the, the, the late summer evaluation period in Las Vegas and, um, the, the Adidas, uh, summer championships in LA, um, in late July. So looking forward to, again, getting out there and, and seeing those guys, um, you know, this weekend, uh, and then, um, I'll also be up in Dallas again at the end of May over Memorial Day weekend for uh, uh, da- Nike EYBL hits Dallas and then um, Adidas rolls back through town. So that's kind of a quick update on on the basketball front. Um, I don't think there's really anything else to add right now. But um, like I said, Admon Gilder, uh, you know, they're just hoping that the work they did is good enough to get him done and 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 get him in the fold for. For next year, but um, yeah, the good thing or the bad thing in a way is he he can kind of take his time a little bit on this and and still play it out through the rest of the month. But with that, we're going to take a quick break from the Pony Stampede podcast, and uh, we'll be right back after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, and welcome back to the Pony Stampede podcast. Uh, time to shift gears over to the football side of things. SMU's coaching staff uh, set for a big weekend and, and not really a, a huge one in terms of visitors expected in on the hilltop, but one in particular that they really, really need to get into the fold, and that's cornerback Justin Ford out of Golden West College. He's a May graduate, so he's eligible to join the team right now, um, you know, shortly in a month or so. Um, 6'2", 175 pounds. He was originally signed with Kansas, but some classwork didn't line up with, with Kansas's admissions. Um, and so he was let out of that LOI in December, and now he's searching for a new home. He's on an unofficial visit to Auburn today. And really, from what I've heard, Auburn, Utah, and SMU are the three that he's really eyeing at this point. Um, you know, SMU you know, really, really likes him. He He's... Um, you know, got some good size to him, which SMU needs in the secondary. And really, I mean, he's somebody that can play at this level and, and compete right away. And so um, that would be a big pickup for SMU. They're going to host him on an official visit. He's got to decide relatively soon. Um, uh, our, our guys over at the Auburn site aren't necessarily sure just yet if Auburn can take him. Again, the classwork thing, but SMU can. That's already cleared up, and uh, so I, I fully expect them to press for his commitment because he'll be coming off an Auburn unofficial visit, so he'll hopefully, for him, at least get some answers on that visit as far as what, what's kind of next. And then on SMU side, they can say, you know what, let's do this, let's go, come on, and, and kind of press him a little bit to, to pop and, and get on board and sign with SMU. So um, it's a big recruiting weekend in that regard. Now... The coaching staff has been out on the uh, recruiting trail this week. We've been dropping uh, tidbits on their stops as we've gotten them. I think some of the key guys that they've already went and saw, um, Justin Northwest, outside linebacker. Cooper McDonald stands out the most for me. Um, and and 
you know, that's a guy that they've hosted in the spring that they've gone by to see now really early in the, in the evaluation period. Randall Joyner was by Justin Northwest to go and see him. Um, and then another one uh, that really stands out uh, as well for me is, is uh, Brett Dearson was down in Wellington who saw, and, and saw 2020 tight end John Holcomb. He's 6'5", 215. He's got a couple Power 5 offers. I know the staff is really, really high on him. I fully expect him to officially visit in June. And uh, he's a guy that they'll be pressing for. Both him, uh, Dearson, and, and um, Josh Martin are, are, have been in constant communication and really, you know, like I said, pressing for, for him to stop by and, and, and get on board, really. Um, so those are two guys in the 2020 class that they've already went and seen that really stand out to me on that side of things. Now, on uh, kind of back to the junior college side of things, SMU did offer Independence Community College cornerback uh, Jawan Treadwell. Uh, he has three, three years to play three seasons, so he's a three-for-three three guy. Kane has been going through the, the Kansas Juco ranks this entire week and really dating back into last week as well. He went and stopped by some spots. Um, Treadwell is a, a six-foot, 175-pound corner. Old Dominion's his only other reported offer at this time. He's a younger brother of uh, Ole Miss wideout and, and first-round NFL draft pick Laquan Treadwell. So he's got – he also has – this is kind of interesting because you see guys like this that have elite track speed. I mean, Jawan was a – just like – I mean, he's top five in most of his uh, – I believe he went to Crete, Crete something. Um, uh, he's from Crete, Illinois. But anyway um, – he has he holds most of their uh, like he's in the top five of most of their track records. So I mean he competed in the 600, 200, 400. I mean you name it, he ran it in high school. Um, and somebody that had a lot of offers out of out of high school. So I'm interested to get his story. I've reached out to him. He's kind of quiet. He's working on setting up a visit with SMU. I would imagine if things don't go well with Ford, that's who they turn to. Um, and I and I know that. Uh, one of Ford and Treadwell, along with another name, um, will be joining SMU uh, in the you know this summer in the fall for uh, at the cornerback position. So that position's getting help no matter what. But that was a big stop for Kane to go through Kansas and check in on some of the junior college ranks and and get get an offer on the table for for Treadwell. So um, those are just some of the highlights of the coaching stops this week. We track pretty much everywhere the coaches uh, get to some you know don't have a beat on as much but uh, we do have that on ponystampede.com for our subscribers check it out it's always good to kind of keep an eye on where these coaches are going and how often they're seeing prospects because that says a lot in terms of where they stack up on their board and and all of those things now uh, shifting gears uh, again uh, and and before I do I will say next weekend SMU will host three official visitors we'll run them down when we get them uh, and then they're kind of going to be into, you know, official visit season. The, the, this is, it's a little bit earlier in a way than this. This is really, it lines up perfectly with where they were at last year. I remember they officially visited Donald Clay and I believe Jaquan Jackson out of Louisiana and maybe a couple others early in the month of May. Both yielded commitments uh, later later in the summer. Um and in the month with Jaquan getting on board for, as the first commit of the 20, 20, 2019 class. But anyway, um, it's going to be official visit season. We'll be tracking that for you guys um, on Pony Stampede, like I said. Now, um, fully shifting gears, Sonny Dykes was on the American Athletic Conference Coaches Teleconference this week. And 
honestly, I mean, he was he it was kind of newsy. Um, one thing to note: Arkansas graduate transfer and and SMU defensive lineman uh, Jake Hall, who really has a strong case for another year of eligibility, has not heard about his NCAA waiver yet. And this is interesting. And I'm writing up this story um, as I transcribe the audio, but um, he didn't participate in in pro day because he was, you know, hoping to retain NCAA eligibility and play again. So this is an interesting case because they, they really needed to get an answer to Jake Hall soon and they couldn't. And he's got a fairly decent case from what everything I've heard with injuries early in his career to have this extra year. So it's really a shame if, if he doesn't end up getting this sixth year, but again, they feel good about it. Um, and Sonny Dyke said when talking about the defensive line on the, uh, teleconference it's that um you know look they have two guys coming in at defensive tackle that they feel good about and so I kind of did some digging because that caught me off guard um I and Sonny was actually referencing Evangel Christian defensive lineman Elijah Chapman who's really just a big old bowling ball um who signed with them in 2019 and then there will be a graduate transfer that'll be coming in and and so when I can I'll share more on that graduate transfer uh, that graduate transfer is already confirmed to me, but you know he's very um, he's a very respectful young man and and one that um, you know just wants to announce on his own time and has some things to uh, to uh, take care of before that announcement goes public. So SMU does have a graduate transfer defensive lineman on the way as well. Um, Sonny Sonny's probably most noteworthy and 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 stuff that he opened up on the most was uh, the kicking and punting situation. So honestly, I figured I'd let Sonny Dykes tell you best. Here's his thoughts on really the kicking and punting situation at SMU next year. Yeah, you know we didn't. Uh, Kevin Robledo obviously is returning. Um, you know I thought Kevin did a did a good job last year kicking field goals. Our you know our kickoff. And kickoff coverage last year was was you know a disaster, quite frankly. Um, you know, and I think we lost some football games because of our inability to to kick the ball in the end zone and 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 cover kickoffs. And so, you know, I think I think if if there's anything that we've got to fix with our with our program, we've got to be able to you know to to kick the ball out of the end zone, and then we got to be able to cover the kicks when we don't do that. And so. You know, that's the area that I think Kevin needs to improve in the most. Um, I think the good thing is we have five newcomer kickers coming into our program. Um, you know, some high school kids, some transfers, um, you know, some guys that we think can, you know, challenge and push Kevin. Uh, and, and I think, you know, it's, it's always the same with, with our entire program is, you know, if we have a chance to get better, we're going to get better. Um, and, you know, we owe it to our players to do that, to bring in the very best players that we can and let those guys compete and, and try to improve our program. And so, um, you know, we, we've got five com- coming in, new bodies, new faces, and we think that, that, you know, we need to find somebody that can kick off out of that group. Um, and so when Kevin, you know, this spring when Kevin was there, he had to miss a couple of practices because of some class situations. You know, I thought he did a good job kicking field goals, but I think we've got to we've got to get better at the kickoff uh, position, and we just we just have to. And then, it, it, from a punting standpoint, you know, I, I feel like we've got to get better there as well. I mean, I think that's an area that you know we felt like we were adequate at best last year. Uh, we gave up 
you know, a couple of punt returns and, and that really changed the tide of the ball game. You go back and you look at the TCU game last year. You know, we got to a great start and gave up a long punt return for a touchdown and gave up another one. Um, you know, and, and so I we were we were not as consistent as we needed to be and we need to be improved in both areas uh, dramatically for us to have a chance to, to have the kind of football team we want to have. So how, how about that for an answer? <laughs> I, I didn't really think I'd get that much information out of Sonny Dykes and not because he would withhold, but I just figured and looked, I didn't think he'd go on and on about special teams. But it shows how important they are to this football team, especially um, for them to be able to take the next step as a program uh, next year. Uh, they need to get more out of special teams. And, and it's been a big emphasis. There's been a little bit of reshuffling on the staff. Josh Martin has really taken over um, a, like full-time special teams coordinator duties. Um, and he did that at Arizona State. So he's got tight ends and special teams now. And that gives them a coach that uh, on the field they can look to to actually get coached. Scott Nady is a well-versed special teams coach. And now Scott and Josh Martin can kind of look towards each other a little bit more about on that stuff and, again, provide a lot more on-field coaching and direction rather than looking at Scott for the call or this or that. So it, it kind of cleans it up a little bit more. It was a good adjustment, I felt. Um, somebody with special teams experience to work with Scott Nady, who's really well-respected by a lot of kicker and, kickers and punters. Um, and so that was kind of a shuffling of the staff that they did heading into the spring. So um, with that, guys, I, we covered a good bit in a short amount of time. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back with the Monday podcast to recap really what was a crazy, what we're expecting to be is a crazy uh, tracking of the live evaluation period. And then we'll see if SMU is uh, celebrating a commitment over the weekend from Justin Ford. So with that, guys, hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Subscribe. Leave us a rating and a review, please, to the podcast. Um, and check us out at PonyStampede.com. Pick up a seven-day trial and, and try us out for, for all this premium content um, on, um, on SMU. And, and um, you know, we hope you guys have a great rest of the weekend.